We are here and ready to roll. Phone lines are indeed open. Email Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And to get a hold of Lior when we're uh, not on the air here, one 821 5900 Real simple. Get those phones happening. We'd love to answer your questions about employment, severance. You've lost your job. You've got a package in front of you. Maybe calling for a friend or a family member. We take them all on here as we uh, get into the employment hour for this uh, beautiful Wednesday evening. And we always start, brother, with the, uh, the week that was. Hey, John, thank you very much, and a really good time uh, to, to be talking about workplace right and employment law. Uh, oftentimes, you know, in the summer months, uh, employers are trying to figure out what they're going to do in the fall and the busy season. And, and unfortunately, in many cases, that means restructuring and cost-cutting. So in case any of our listeners are going to be at some point, the, you know, the, the victims, uh, so to speak, of a restructuring, you need to know what your rights are if that happens. So we're going to educate you about that over the next uh, hour or so, tell you what you need to know if you're going to lose your job, maybe you lost your job, Mm -hmm. if you have problems in the workplace, you're being harassed, mistreated, someone's trying to get you to quit. Well, we're going to talk about uh, all these things as we always do on the on the employment hour. And give us a call. About half of the time, uh, half the people that call us on the show are actually calling for friends, for family members. So yeah, make that call. Let let's talk about it. Let's answer questions and solve problems. That's what we're here to do. And let's start then to talk about a couple of situations that I saw over the past uh, few days in my office. People that I spoke with and, and matters that I'm looking to to try to help people with. Uh, the first matter involved uh, a gentleman uh, who worked for uh, a large uh, real estate uh, brokerage company, one of the large ones. I'm not going to give you a name. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't a real estate agent. He was a, a senior manager there. His job was to recruit real estate agents, uh, to, to uh, deal with finances, to make sure that the, their different offices are operating. Uh, he was a senior manager there. Uh, guess what, though, John? He was considered for seven years to be an independent contractor. Was. Even though he worked full-time exclusively for them, he was part of the management team, he was even enrolled in their benefits plan, he had business cards, yet he's quote-unquote an independent contractor. Well, uh, last week he was told that they're letting him go, they're going a different way, and then they're going to hire someone else. And, you know, as an independent contractor, they thought, well, you know, we we owe you a handshake and a pat on the back, and and that's it. Uh, Well, that's, of course, ridiculous. He was, in the eyes of the law, an employee. He was an older gentleman in his 60s, after seven years, making very good income. He was easily owed, or is easily owed, 12 months' pay. Hmm. That's a significant amount of money. And it all comes down to this issue of independent contractor versus employee. We're going to talk more about that later in the show. But this is such a common uh, situation where someone believes that they are an independent contractor, or the company believes that they're an independent contractor, but they work full-time, they work regular hours, they look and act like every other employee. Well, if you look and act like every other employee, then you're an employee, as was this gentleman. And because of that, he's owed severance. A lot of our listeners are going to find themselves in that same situation. And I've always said on the show, John, substance over form. Uh, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. It matters how you act. And in this case, for this gentleman, no way he's an independent contractor. He's an employee. From zero to 12 months. One of these days, I want to be in a fly in the wall with the uh, the employer when you make that <laughs> phone call. Just sit right behind him and see the reaction on their face, right? Yeah, they're not going to be happy, but guess what? They're going to pay. It's The law is very straightforward when it comes to these things. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Anthony, nicely done. First call of the night. How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's going on with you? Uh, well, I'm on a small business owner, and I have uh, I have six uh, employees, two of them which are full-time and four of them which are part-time. 
And my question to Lior is, is uh, really about the, that, uh, the minimum wage increase. Mm, okay. Um, like, how, how does a small business owner like myself deal with uh, an increase that's so large? And, and how, like, what, what are my legal, I guess, my legal, what do I have to do legally in order to follow that? So, you know, legally what you have to do is, is you know, is simple. Uh, and that is you have to pay people at least minimum wage. Now, whether or not someone is on a salary or someone is getting paid hourly, even if someone is on a salary, you have to make that, if we look at it from an hourly standpoint, they're not making less than minimum wage. So yes, if you're currently paying people less than that, you're going to have to bump them up. There's no way around that. Now, if you, if you can't afford that, you may have to change hours, reduce hours, but there's no way around that, Anthony. You're going to have to bump people up if they're not making uh, the minimum wage. All right. And how about existing in, in employees that are already making, say, 15 an hour? Now, the, the, the new employees are starting at the same rate as the existing employees have been there for several years. Yeah. They've worked their way up to that amount. Now, legally speaking, Anthony, you're not going to have to change the, the older employees' salary. As long as they're making more than minimum wage, you're not going to have to change them. Practically okay. speaking, you've identified an issue that if you don't change them, they're gonna, they may be really unhappy. And, and I get it. So you're going to have to decide what you want to do with them. But the reality is, Anthony, you don't have to change the older people just because you're, the new ones are starting at a higher salary. That's completely up to you. Yeah, okay, I just, it doesn't sit right. <laughs> I, I agree, it doesn't sit right, yeah, and you're going to have potentially unhappy employees. Yeah. Absolutely, I've been an employee my whole life, right, until I own my own business, so I know both sides of it. So Exactly, exactly. All right, well, thank you guys very much. That clears that up for me. I just wasn't really sure about it. Thanks, no Anthony. I uh, appreciate the call. Moving forward, any other questions, one 821 5900 Lines are there. Hang on. We'll get to you. Uh, call through 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Taking a quick break as we are rolling big time, the Wednesday edition of the Employment Hour right here at Talk Radio, AM 640. Lots of phone lines open. The phone lines are busy. We love all of your calls. We'll get to them all. Jeremy, thanks for hanging in. How are you? Pretty good. Yourself? Good. What's your concern? Um, I've been working for a company for about 11 years driving truck locally, and recently they want us to sign a letter stating that we'll work up to 60 hours, mm. and I don't want to. And they're telling me it's kind of the company policy and the standard, and I'm saying I don't have to work more than 48. That's what true. Can they, what can they do to me? Well, they they actually can't uh, do anything to you uh, in this situation. They can't even let you go legally uh, for it. If they do, that would be what we call a reprisal, which would make it illegal. So uh, they, they can't. Uh, legally, you are allowed to say, no, I'm not going to work more than 48 hours as long as that's that was what the deal is. If you had agreed before, now you've the one that you're the one that changed your mind. That could be different. But if that's not the case, they can't do anything to you. If they punish you, if they let you go, you give me a call. Not only would they owe you severance, potentially this would also be something that makes them have to pay you more mm -hmm. because of essentially punishing you for standing up for your legal rights. Yeah, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because I've been fighting with them for quite some time about it. Yeah, and I was actually contact. I had, my HR department called me, uh, basically saying, you know, this is company company standard, and you know, she saw she she sought legal counsel, and she's within her rights to ask. So tell to do tell this. you what, tell you what we could do here, if if you want, rather than you keep fighting with them, 
Give mm-hmm. me a call off air. Let me send them a letter and get them off your back. Uh, okay. That may be one way to resolve this once and for all, to tell them, no, you can't make them and you can't punish them and lay off them. Uh, that, that should resolve it. If you'd like me to do that, by all means, let's talk off okay. air and I'll be happy to help you. Yeah. So they can't take me off my current run because I am willing to work up to 13 hours a day in right. four days. Right. So can no, they, they take they me can't. off my run? Can they nope. change my work hours? Can they do take because they pay us overtime after eight and a half hours daily. Understood. So can they take that from me because they don't have to by law till after 44? No, they can't. Because it's been paid out that long. Yeah, because th- that's that was the terms of your employment uh, up till now. They can't right. just change it because of that. No, that, that would be a constructive dismissal. So no, they, they're not allowed to do that. Jeremy, here's the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Make that call, to Lior. Tomorrow, uh, Dylan, how are you, pal? I'm doing well. You know, I have to tell you, this is such an incredibly valuable show, and I thank uh, both of you at AM six forty for putting this together. It's fantastic. Just to Thanks. clarify, we didn't get Dylan to call in. This is actually not a planned call. He's not a friend no, of ours. Not. <laughs> not a family Thanks, member. Dylan. Thanks, pal. What's uh, going on? I, I have a very odd, kind of potentially awkward situation. My son works for a township as a summer student. He's going to college in the summer or in the way in the fall. I mean, and I have a I have a fee dispute with the township that's a road that's come up since he started working there, and it's not it's not uh, an angry situation. However, I do want a chance to speak to them about it and i'm a little concerned that they may take it out on him um and he's done nothing wrong or or he's his work record is excellent um do they have any position to take an aggressive position with him if i don't agree with a fee and they know that that's my son well you know obviously i think i think the answer here hopefully should be obvious and and that is no they can't take it on on him uh the, the problem is it's, if they do take it on on him, it's not going to be necessarily obvious. It's going to be subtle. Uh, and in that situation, it may be difficult to say, are they taking it on him? Are they not? Are they treating him properly? Are they not? So as a practical matter, I don't know that there's anything that we can do about it. But if you're asking me, strictly speaking, are they allowed to take it out on him? No, absolutely not. But, you know, I have seen situations where, uh, you know, it's been very subtle and, you know, what, what are you going to do then? You're going to accuse someone of something that they may or may not have done. So I, all I can hope is that they're mature enough to know that, you know, young young man working there uh, for the summer, it's nothing to do with him. Let him do his job. Let him uh, do his thing and, and not take it out on him. That's really the only thing I can tell you. Fair enough. Okay, I appreciate your advice. Dylan, I appreciate your, uh, your compliments as well. We'll get to Alex here before a break. Hey, Alex, good evening. Hi. Uh, a quick question, I guess, hypothetical. Yep. So if I have uh, four employees right now, minimum wage, right. uh, 11 you know, comes out to $45.60, the government now is forcing me to pay $15 an hour, which increases my, my cost, and I want to attempt to just handle my workload with three employees, uh, can I dismiss one of them? Because the three employees at fifteen dollars is the same like mm-hmm. four employees at the old minimum wage. Yeah, Alex, it's a great question, and the answer is yes. You absolutely are allowed to let someone go to to cut costs and save on money if you can't afford to pay it. Uh, there's there's nothing legally wrong about that. Remember though that you would have to pay them whatever severance is owed to them based on their age, position, and length of employment. You can't just say oh, I'm letting you go without compensation. 
But compensation and severance aside, yes, you can do that. And unfortunately, I think a lot of employers are going to end up doing that because they're not going to be able to afford paying the extra uh, the, the extra payment, and that's going to be one of the repercussions of increasing the uh, minimum wage so much. So even if it's the, the cause is basically because the government is forcing uh, employers to pay the higher wages or to cut costs to afford the higher wages, we would still be on the hook for whatever severance is due because of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I understand the frustration there, but yes, you absolutely would have to pay full severance. There would be no no discount, so to speak, because of the fact that the government is the one making you essentially do that. Full severance would have to be paid, yes. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate that. And for everyone else, Mike, Larry, we'll get to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number to call through. Lots of time till 8 o'clock tonight. The employment hour, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. If you haven't checked it out, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your severance really should be, the proper amount. We'll get to that in just a little bit. First, Larry, thanks for hanging in. How are you, pal? I'm not too bad at all, for an old man. Yeah, what's your concern? Um, I was dismissed from a job. Um, I've been there for, like, the job is for about six months of the year. I've been there for 23 years in total. Um, I was dismissed because I complained to my immediate supervisor um, about concerns of other employees. They were afraid to um, complain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, of the employees there, I was the one that could um, make the complaint and not have to worry. I do have a pension, uh, so... um, I complained to my immediate supervisor's supervisor, and I was dismissed before my immediate supervisor could um, have the meeting. Um, I also received, uh, two days after I was told to clean my locker out, a letter from the general manager of the company asking me um, basically saying I was reinstated. Um, I just want to know where I stand at this point in time. Hmm. So have you been reinstated? Are you back working? Uh, no, I didn't go back. Um, I talked to the MOL, and I kind of had the feeling um, I can't go back until such time as my immediate supervisor has left because I know there will be ramifications, if not uh, work, that sure. um, I and may not be of things, doing. Larry, were you complaining about, just briefly? Well, basically he was um, yelling at the other, uh, and I mean, when he yells, he yells, um, over trivial little things. And um, kind of it boiled down to the point that um, uh, one employee was uh, not feeling very well on one day, and was basically made to feel that he had to stay. Hmm. Okay, um, I, I, I understand. So I, I just wanted to, to get a sense from you. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, if you're complaining about things such as workplace harassment, you know, which is kind of what, yep. what it sounds like, they can't yep. fire you because of that. That's actually illegal. Yep. Uh, we have legislation in this province that says that an employee that complains about workplace harassment, specifically addressing workplace harassment, can't be penalized, can't be fired because they did that. So it's illegal. So that's issue number one. Uh, 
issue number two is the fact that uh, a company that would let you go uh, because you did that is also a company I'm pretty sure that's not going to pay you proper severance. Did they offer you any severance? Uh, no, they have not. What they did was two days following, I received a registered letter stating that um, I would be reinstated uh, to my position. But I'm I'm very weary about going back to that position. I should have asked you, uh, are you part of a union? Uh, no. Okay. So uh, and, and the, when they let you go, is that in writing as well? No. Okay. So the ultimately, only writing I, I've had from them is my yeah. reinstatement. Right. Ultimately, I agree with you that it'd be very difficult and uncomfortable to go back when they treated you this way. You raise us an important issue, and you know what did they do for your trouble? They they let you go. So uh, I can't blame you that you don't want to go back, and I don't think I would want to go back. And I don't think you have the the obligation to go back. Therefore, that means that if, if you can, if you choose not to go back, this could be this is a termination, and you're owed severance. Now, remind me, how many years have you been there? A uh, total of uh, twenty-three years. And what do you do, Frank? Uh, Larry, sorry. What do I do? Uh, it's in turf care, like uh, the golf course. Okay. And how old are you? I am sixty-four. Okay. Well, someone in your situation would be looking at right around 20 months' pay, all right? So that's what's at stake here for you, right around 20 months. It could be even slightly more than that. So uh, if you decide you want to go back, then that's your call. If you want to treat your employment as being terminated because they did terminate your employment, then we need to talk about getting you that severance, and we need to talk about that ASAP. Uh, so uh, it's up to you, and, and the fact that they let you go uh, when they did may mean additional compensation because, as I said, it's illegal to let you go if you're complaining about harassment issues. Yep. So we need to speak. That's a, a more of a discussion that we can have right now on the air. I, I definitely want to speak to you first thing tomorrow. Give me a call. John here will give you the number, uh, and let's sit down and go over this and make sure that you get everything that you're owed. Larry, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two nine. Uh, 821, pardon me, 5900. Uh, Frank, I see you there. Hang on the line. We're going to take a short break here. We've got to catch up, and then we'll get to you and your phone calls as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com through email. Frank, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Good. Yourself? Good. What's going on with you? I recently cut my arm at work pretty bad, and I've lost the feeling in my hand. Uh, my question is, with WSIB and work, is there compensation for the pain? I'm concerned that I'm not going to get feeling back. I guess I have some nerve damage. Is there a statue on or how to go about compensation, or is there any? So uh, with the WSIB system, uh, essentially you get compensated for 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 losses for financial losses that means uh, lost work lost potential to uh, work in the future so for example if now you're going to be maybe stuck in a particular job and not going to be able to to move on to different jobs that pay better there may be compensation for that there isn't a compensation for for pain and suffering in this situation and because it's a WSIB matter you can't actually uh, go after the employer you can't uh, take action against them to say, well, it's your fault. Your machine was faulty, so you have to pay me for my pain and suffering. Uh, the WSIB system is such that it protects the employer so that you can't go after them. 
but uh, you, you can get compensation for your losses from WSIB, whether you go back to work or, or never work again. Uh, that, that's the system that allows you to get compensated. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Mary, good evening. Hi. Hi, Mary. What's going on with you? I have a question. If you work for a company that files for creditor protection and you're one of the, the employees that are left behind, like kept on, Right. I understand that um, employees possibly are not entitled to any type of severance or that prior to the filing. But right. what happens to the employees that are kept on staff? Are they entitled to any kind of severance if at some point they're let go? So are we talking about Sears, Mary? We are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, not surprising. So, so here's how this works. If let's use Sears. Let's you call it what it is. If Sears comes out of the protection and continues operating as a viable business, and at some point after that, uh, after that happens, the employee in question gets let go, then yes, that employee is going to get full severance, okay? Uh If, if, uh, on the other hand, the employee is let go at some point while the protection uh, is is still on, or maybe it's and it's quite possible that Sears doesn't come out of this protection. They they stop operating completely. Then no severance is going to be paid. So it's a question of whether or not at the time of termination, at the time the employee is terminated, whether there's this blanket of protection over Sears, whether or not the employees are in fact uh, uh, prevented from taking legal action. So as of this moment, any employees that are being let go by Sears are not going to be able to get their full entitlements, if anything at all. But if Sears does come out of this and is no longer under protection, is a viable business, after that point, employees that are being let go would be entitled to severance. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate that. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You know, one of the matters you first dealt with in the week that was, was uh, independent contractors. And, you know, we've talked about it so many times, people call themselves such when they really are employees. So let's discuss that as an individual, what you should, you know, you really need to be to be an independent contractor. We'll go through a couple bullet points. Uh, you have to be operating a business. That's uh, That's a good start. It is a good start, and we're going to talk about this topic, but this is one of the top three topics, I'm going to say, two or three topics Mm -hmm. that come up in my practice uh, and that I see all the time, every day, day in and day out, and that is people that are are treated or believe that they are treated as independent contractors, but they're employees. And and usually this comes uh, to the fore, comes to the light when the relationship ends, when the employer or the company lets the person go, and they say, well, you're an independent contractor, we don't owe you anything. Uh, and in fact, that person may be or probably is an employee and is owed full severance. So how do we how do we actually become independent contractor? What does an independent contractor look like? Well, the first thing you need to understand, as you just said, John, is an independent contractor runs and operates a business. All right, an independent contractor is a businessman or a business person and is in business for themselves. So I'm going to use the plumber. I always like to use the plumber as an example. If you hire a plumber, that plumber is in business. He has a plumbing business. He offers his services out to clients in in return for payment. So he doesn't just work for you. He has a business with clients, and he's actively trying to get clients. He he has to file tax returns as a business owner, et cetera, et cetera. If you're not really operating a business, if you're just working for someone, then guess what? You're not an independent contractor. You're an employee. 
An independent contractor operates a business. Uh, and if you don't, you're not sure if you're operating a business, you're not then. And a person that operates a business knows that they're operating a business because, you know, they, they live and, and breathe this business. So that's the main thing. That's probably the first thing that I always want to understand when I try to determine if someone is an employee or an independent contractor. Are you running a business? Tanya, we'll get to you before a break. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Sure. I'm, uh, we're good. What's, uh, what's your concern tonight? So I'm currently pregnant and my due date is... Uh, five months away, and uh, so I work under Shoppers Drug Mart, and I work at three different stores, and one of the stores, he's kind of giving me a hard time. It seems like he's trying to find a reason to get rid of me. He's always, uh, i just been back two, uh, for the past two weeks now, and he's always uh, evaluating me, checking my work constantly, so I kind of feel stressed out, and I just feel like he's about to let me go, and I wanted to know if I would be entitled to any compensation if he does fire me. Hmm. He would have to be uh, really, uh, really dumb, I'm going to put it bluntly, to let okay. you go at this stage, okay? It would be very okay. reckless of him uh, to let you go because it would be very clear that he's letting you go because of your pregnancy, because you're about to go on a maternity leave, which makes it completely illegal. Uh, I mean, okay. uh, I'm not going to say that it can't happen. I, I have seen employers do uh, crazy things like that. But if it does happen, uh, Tanya, yes, you have significant entitlements. Other than, of course, full severance. That goes without saying. Uh, mm -hmm. You're also going to be potentially entitled to human rights damages. It's illegal to let someone go because they're going to take mat leave. So you're going to have significant entitlements here. Uh, what I would do in the meantime, because you want to have this record, uh, I would... Send them an email. Don't be afraid because, honestly, the law is so much in your favor here that you really have nothing to be afraid of. Send them an email saying, you know, here's all these things that's been happening. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't really appreciate that or I don't think that's appropriate. Uh, put that in writing because I want there to be a record of somehow of what he's doing to you in the meantime. So put that in writing and I, I think he's going to back off. If he doesn't back off, if it gets worse or he lets you go, you call me right away. Uh, he cannot do that uh, legally under any circumstances, Tanya. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Tanya. And moving forward, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Firing the lady who's pregnant. What's the saying, Lior? How does it go? You do Don't not mess, mess with, with mama. mama. Could live to regret that one. More of your calls coming up. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. It's wide open lines. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell is the number. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. That is the email. Talking about things that individuals should know or be aware of if they're calling themselves independent contractor. Working under a fixed duration agreement subject to renewal. How about that one? So, uh, we, again, we're talking about things that you need to do if you are mm -hmm. going to be an independent contractor, things that I help identify an independent contractor as opposed to an employee. So, uh, as you said, an independent contractor really doesn't work on an indefinite basis. An independent contractor doesn't, doesn't work for a company indefinitely. Uh, you're, you're working here until you stop working here. Usually, an independent contractor works on a fixed term or for a fixed period of time, whether it's a week, a day, a month, even a year, but for a fixed period of time. If we see someone that's working indefinitely, 
that almost always tells us that the person is likely uh, an employee rather than an independent contractor. Now you can have renewal. So you can have an employee that's, uh, or, or sorry, an independent contractor that's hired for a month, and that may be subject to renewal depending on whether he's needed longer. That's okay. But usually if you're going to be an independent contractor, you don't want to have something that uh, allows you to be there indefinitely because you are then going to be considered an employee. Uh, and so many times I see people that have worked for a company for years. Uh, I, I talked about that on the week that was, seven years working at a, at a real estate company. Uh, yeah, no way. You're not an, an independent contractor at that point. You're an employee. Uh, and and uh, by the way, you, we also we always talk about the fact that if someone's misclassified, that means that it's bad for the employer. The employer has to pay them severance. But being misclassified can also be bad for the individual because if you're filing your taxes as an independent contractor, but really you are an employee, if CRA ever figures that out, and at some point they probably will, well, guess what? There's going to be problems there. You're going to may, you may be owed uh, you, you may owe taxes. Uh, there may be fines and penalties that you have to pay. So it's in everyone's interest, company and individual, to get it right. To call yourself an employee if you're an employee. To call yourself an independent contractor if you are an independent contractor. But so many times, John, my gosh, so many times, every day, several times a day, I see people that have no business calling mm. themselves independent contractors, uh, but they still do that. So as far as renewals and contracts, what's the watershed as far as how many contracts you can go through till it's like, all right, you know what, you're an employee at this point? Yeah, you know, it, it's a good question. Yeah. Uh, it really depends also for, for how, how long. You know, if you, if you sign a contract for, or, or for a month and it's renewed a couple of times, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But if you sign a contract for a year and that's renewed a couple of times, yeah, guess what? After three years, you're certainly going to be an employee. So usually if someone's working uh, somewhere more than a year, yeah, they're probably an employee at that point. It's very going to be very difficult to say they're an independent contractor. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Tony in Brampton, good evening. How are you? Not too bad, sir. How What's, are you? Good. We're excellent. What's your concern, man? Uh, listen, I run a small trucking business, and I have a, a few guys that do deliveries for me, so they drive my truck, but they they, they have their own business. Like, so I pay them to their business. I've made them sign contracts with me stating that they're um, responsible for their own taxes and stuff like that. Yep. Now, is that, does that work with the government or, or are they considered employees? Because I've, so, I've, I've, had, I've had a little problem with the government just recently. Yeah. Um, I guess one of them went to their accountant and their accountant, I guess, wasn't that good they didn't know what's going on whether he whether the guy's an employee or a contractor and the guy didn't speak english too well mm, right. so i guess they called the government and now the government wants to investigate me um asking yeah. me a whole bunch of different questions yeah now, now tony do these people as far as you know only work for you or do they work for other people as well like they they, they do work for other uh contractors also, like like they work for me most of the time, right? But they they can they they're free to go and work for whoever they want to go and work for. It's doing home deliveries. And and who makes up the schedule? I mean, you make up the schedule, and is it is it fixed? Do they have a say in it? Help me understand. Um. Well, it's yeah. yeah I I kind of make up a schedule for them. If there's no work, there's no work. I can't I can't pay them if there's no work, right? I don't get paid. If there's no work, right. they don't get paid if there's no work, right? Yeah. If, if they don't want to come into work, then i got to find someone else to, to do the work. 
Right. Well, you know, right? but, but the government is asking me now. Oh, um, do they supply their own tools? Yes. They're asking yeah. me who puts diesel in the truck. Are you leasing the truck? But the trucks are in my name. Yeah. But I, I still think they're providing a service for me, right? They're yeah. providing their labor kind of for me, but I, I don't know, right? I don't. Uh, so. You know, th- this is a borderline situation. I, initially, I thought, yeah, they're probably employees. But if they can tell you they're not going to come in and they don't get penalized, and if they have work for others, you may, may, may be okay and, and with them being independent contractors. I, I, I would need to know uh, a bit more information. But the reality is if you want to be on the safe side, you probably just make them employees because you're running the risk right now that the government is going to conclude that they're independent contractors, and then that's a whole uh, bowl of trouble. And if right. they're independent contractors, then they uh, sorry that they're employees, and then you, you'd have to also worry about things like vacation pay and, and, and overtime and all kinds right. of other things, statutory holiday pay. But that's that's so, the thing. I, I, I can't pay them Per, per hour or anything like that. They, they, they work long hours. Sometimes they only work five hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. It all depends. I pay them a percentage of what I make mm-hmm. off, of, uh, off of one delivery, right? So we need to deal with this properly. You have only one shot here to, to make it clear to the government that they're independent contractors. So I want yeah. to talk to you off air, and maybe I can help you prepare the response there to, to highlight the things that make them independent contractors so that you're not being found to be employees. But that right there, John, is the lesson to yeah, everyone out there, it. how easy it is to be, really be considered an employee. Uh, Tony, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. As for yourself, you got a few minutes to call in. If you have any questions, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. It's the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM640. Wednesday evening, back here on the weekends, and of course, the Monday night show at 7 o'clock here on AM640, the Employment Hour. We'll bounce over to an email, leor at employmenthour.com. Miriam says, after I was let go, I signed my termination paperwork without speaking to a lawyer because I felt uh, very emotional and under a lot of stress. I think my severance offer was not good. Is there anything I can do about it? You know, I I really really hate getting emails like that. Yeah. I get a lot of emails like that and calls like that. And the reason I hate it is because I have to give the answer is that no, there really isn't anything you can do about it. So many people hear me speak, hear the show, uh, go to the severance calculator and they find out, oh my God, this, that severance offer that I signed was bad. I, I'm owed another 30 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand. And they say, well, I want, I want out of the document that I signed. Unfortunately, John, and, and you know this, we've talked about this before. Once you sign it, you're almost always stuck with it. That's why it is so important to get some advice before you sign it. So on, uh, the bad news here uh, in response to this email, no. I understand that you were emotional. I understand it's a difficult time. But you, despite this, you always have to get advice. If you sign the package, uh, you're stuck with it. Henry sends an email as well as we get to the end. He says, I received a few warnings over the last three years with respect to my work performance. How many warnings does my employer have to provide uh, to me before they can let me go for cause? You know, it does depend based on what the, what the, the offense is. The right. more serious the offense, the, more, uh, the less warnings are needed. The less uh, serious the offense, the more warnings are needed. Usually, I'm going to say before an employer is in a position to even contemplate a termination for cause, I would want to see at least three warnings or, or three disciplinary measures. 
Anything less than that, in most cases, is not going to be enough to establish cause. Remember, cause for termination, that means you can be let go without severance. Very, very difficult to establish cause. So, you know, as a rule of thumb, I want to see three things. In some situations, it could be more or less. But the rule also is if you're let go for cause, always give me a call. Many employers, most employers, I say, uh, pull the trigger on a termination for cause well before they should, which would make it a wrongful dismissal. And Henry should always have a rebuttal in writing as well, saying he disagrees with whatever grievances they put before him, right? Well, if you disagree with the, with a disciplinary measure, a warning, a bad performance review, don't be silent about it. Silence is the same as acceptance. Right. If, if you're warned for something you don't agree with, if you're disciplined for something you don't agree with, say so. Put that in writing. Don't be a, a jerk about it, but say exactly mm-hmm. why you disagree. Here's what actually happened Put it in writing. Make it clear that you're not accepting it. Uh, that's going to make it much, much more difficult to contemplate letting you go for cause. To contemplate letting you go for cause, uh, never be silent. We'll uh, wrap it up with your view on the severance pay calculator. We love this tool. If you lost your job, you need to know how much you're owed. An easy, easy tool, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly how much you're owed. Whether you're curious, whether you've lost your job or are worried about losing your job, Anyone can use it. Tell others about it. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Till next time, the number one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior and Lior, L-I-O-R, at EmploymentHour.com. This has been the, uh, the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM 640.